You know, I'm glad we did it tonight uh, because did you see the Rose Bowl? Uh, I did. Agreement? I did. I did. So it worked out. I see. I could have sworn the Rose Bowl was already a playoff. They wanted to be more. They wanted to. They wanted every like. Uh, they want to have it hosted tw- two, uh, twice every three years. Uh, and wanted to maintain it being a New Year's Six. So uh, it's a new, it'll be a New Year's Day playoff game. I don't know how they agreed upon it. Uh, but either way. But So it's a, it is a, like, Confirm. it will be a playoff game two times every three years. I have not read anything about what the agreements were. All I know is that they agreed, and we have an expanded playoff coming in 2024. Fuck yes. Which I, for one, cannot wait for UT to... Because you have, like, this cannot affect oh, at a better time. Fuck yeah. That means um, the expanded playoff will be part of the new game. I feel like that was going to be a feature, like an uh, option regardless. Yeah, probably, but this way it guarantees it. Yeah. But I love the idea of UT hosting a playoff game. What I don't love the idea of is how expensive those fucking tickets are going to be. Yeah. Those ain't going to be cheap. Not going to be easy to acquire, that is for sure. You know what would be wild, though? The fact that there is not a super real possibility, but it's a possibility nonetheless. That you could quite literally have, like, the Tennessee Bama or the fucking Michigan-Ohio State game as a playoff game in Ann Arbor or in Knoxville. That would Which be would crazy. just be unreal. There'd be so many fights. Yeah, there would. It'd be worth it, though. Fucking football is going to be fun as fuck again. It's going to be cool, like, seeing just teams that you don't, you're not used to seeing. Uh, play. Make deep playoff runs. Well, not just that, just, like, play in front each of each other. They don't like, yeah, like, the Pac-12 and the SEC never play each other. Fuck no. The SEC has a quality, or a standard of quality to uphold. I don't know. They literally plays ETSU, like, every year. That's true. We do like we have that week before rivalry week, which we schedule cupcake teams. Which it yeah, is but it. to be fair, no other conference is going to schedule during that week because they're in the thick of conference, and it just doesn't make sense for their ratings to not. Yeah, and it makes sense for for the SEC to do it. Like, rest your fucking starters. I give them a few reps, but rest them for the rivalry the rivalry games. Well, you know, the SEC is a bunch of vegetables. That- do what the fuck they want. We've got enough I mean, titles, uh, and I mean as much disrespect as possible with that. When your team's relevant again, you can give us three years. All right. Speaking of which, let's get fucking rolling. We're actually, I believe, already recording. Did I hit record? I believe I hit record. I did hit record. Oh, yeah, we are you recording. Did, you did. Cool. So we can um, throw that shit in there too. It should be great. Yeah, we get a. That's why I did it, because I knew, I was like, last week it worked well with in editing to have that cold open, and it was perfect. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our third episode of the Don't F This Up podcast with your hosts, Double D, just two boobs talking sports. We have a wild one for you. A bit of news just dropped just before um, this uh, before this po- episode started, yeah. Um, words are hard, aren't they? Words are very hard right now. Don't um, worry, watch the North Carolina basketball. That... Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm, but I'm bullshit. <laughs> we've got a lot to dive into tonight. Um, lots of big shit has happened in college football landscape over the last week. Um, most notably was the news that just broke, what, 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago? Give or take. Um, they are officially the Rose Bowl and the college football playoff are signing an agreement to um, basically make the Rose Bowl a more prominent figure in the college football playoff. Um, Des, do you have that pulled up, and do you want to read to us what that agreement looks oh, like? I do not have it pulled up at all. All but... right. Um, I'm going to edit that out and pretend you did have that pulled up. Yeah, give me a – give me. A, I'm, like, in a close fucking game on FIFA. Oh, okay, I'll pull it up here real quick. All right. Yeah, we just edit this part out. Yeah, I'm just going to start from the top. Um, with this here in just a second. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our third episode of the Don't F This Up podcast with your hosts, Double D, just two boobs talking sports. Um, we actually picked the perfect night to record because we just had news break about an hour ago, it looks like. Um, that is going to change the college football playoff landscape for sure. Um, we have a big week of college football to get into here. Um, lots of big things have happened over the landscape of college football. Lots of things that have um, indica- playoff indications for this year. Lots of things that will change trajectories of programs going forward. Lots of things to discuss. We'll dis- get into the coaching carousel today. We'll get into the college football playoff today both this year and moving into the future. And then we're going to talk about the big news that came up. So let's get ju- jump into that. What? We don't do this. What the fuck are you doing? We don't tell them what we're doing. We just <clears throat> run with it. You know what? This week seems like a week that we should tell them what we're doing because... Oh, yeah. I like what we've been doing. That's fair. But either way, we, we've we got a lot to talk about today. So let's get into it. Um, First, let's start with the news that just broke about an hour ago. According to a source, and no I, no article I've read has been able to confirm the source, but the Rose Bowl game organizers cleared the way for the college football playoff to expand to 12 teams starting in the 2024 season. According or informing college football playoff officials Wednesday, they are willing to alter agreements for the first two years of the larger playoff. Um, so basically what this means is the Rose Bowl is more than willing um to change contracts that have been signed um and so the Rose Bowl was like from what i understand the Rose Bowl was one of the big like um stepping stones to get the college football playoff expanded to, to 12 teams so, going yeah, into 2024 what i was like learned and shit through it at all um was that their biggest thing they the proposal was for it to 
the sites for the playoffs to alternate every uh, six year, you know, throughout the six uh, locations of the New Year's Bowls um, as it would go. Uh, and the Rose Bowl, for whatever reason, felt like they were being jipped out of it, even though nothing realistically would have changed because the first rounds would have been hosted at uh, the higher seeds home field anyway. Uh, so I didn't really understand their whole thing with it, but I know they were what they were wanting was they wanted to ensure that the Rose Bowl was a playoff game uh, two out of every three years. Yeah, and so essentially what happened was the granddaddy of them all was reportedly issued an ultimatum, agree to expand early or be left out of the New Year's Six Bowl rotation. And so basically they were like, get your shit together and help us expand to this college football playoff or we'll just remove you from the rotation. You will no longer be a New Year's Six Bowl and you can figure out when you're going to play. And so instead of losing the royalties, losing the... Um, ratings, losing all the money that comes with being a New Year's Six Bowl. The Rose Bowl was like, cool, we'll just fall in line. And so now this opens the door for um, the 12-team field expanding in 2024. It sounds like that's a given at this point, and that is fucking exciting because not only do we have that coming in 2024, but that is also the we get the summer before we get the game um the summer before that season will start we get the um college football game from ea back so that's exciting lots of big college football stuff happening starting in 2024 yeah no i'm, I'm excited especially like this could not have happened for a like at a better time for ut like we're, we're fucking back yeah i'm still can't believe those are Realistically, coming out of my mouth for the first time in 15 years, but uh, Tennessee is a team that now that it's expanded is going is looking like a perennial playoff team. And then, like we were talking about before it started, the idea of hosting at night, right? Hosting a playoff game at Neyland or you know in Ann Arbor, or, you know any of these big schools that are deep deeply rooted in college football is insane. And the fact that we're there's a realistic chance, especially like a year like we're looking at this year where there's big-time rivalries that could soon be hosted in the playoffs that would just add another, like, level to that. And, like, crowd atmospheres are going to be unreal. Yeah, no. I mean, the numbers... The numbers just for the universities who get to, like, who make the playoffs, like, the 12 teams a year that'll make the playoffs... The financial numbers are huge. The rating numbers are huge. The ticket sales are going to be incredible for them. And that that's just... We are moving in a direction that is so beneficial to the college athlete. It's not even funny. Like We're, we're moving towards a direction where college athletes are going to be paid handsomely for what they're worth. And I think that's huge because you no longer... I, I think if you... The NIL... And the ability to pay college students or college athletes, which an expanded playoff, I am a big proponent of, like I have always said, an expanded playoff helps the NIL because it brings in more money to these universities. So it's more money that these universities can throw into the NIL program and allowing universities to pay their players is going to help prevent players sitting out bowl games, players sitting out 
games that should be important because they're no longer worried about, oh, I'm going to lose that money if I get hurt. Like, I'll lose that money on my rookie deal if I get hurt. No, you've made that money in college. Play the damn game, right? Like, you're getting paid for that. And so I think just as a whole, this is going to help the game of college football. Yeah, what I, what I like the most is the fact that they're they're making an, an effort to include um, a, gr- a group of five teams, which with UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU all about to become power fives, that opens the door for a team like James Madison is a perfect example of this. Where you know I know it's their first year in FBS, they were ten and two, if I'm not mistaken one of the best teams in group of five in their first year in the FBS. So something like this where they're, there's a chance for them to make the playoffs as soon as they're eligible for bowl games is going to be huge for that program. So 12 game or 12 team playoff. Do you think this opens the door for um, us to go all power five conference champions and then the best seven teams after that. That's what it is. Um, so it's the Power Five champions are getting this, uh, one through five seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the top four of those being uh, getting a buy into the New Year's Six Bowls or whatever. Then from there, the best group of five team would get a bid. Um, and then after that, is it just and the best that, six the best. remaining? Yep. Hey, I like that. Yeah, and it's the same way they do with the New Year's Six. Like, the best group of five team gets to go to the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. So nothing's, nothing's changed in that sense. Yeah. I like, like that. You, just, I... you expand it. You give more teams a realistic option. Or at least, not, maybe not always a realistic, but you give them a, a clear path to a national championship. You know, they no longer have to worry about computers or who they be or all that, you know, the things of that nature. At least if you're a group of five, like, the rest of it will sort itself out. But it's, it shouldn't be hard to figure out top 12 teams in college football. No, it certainly should not. And I think the top 12 is going to be a lot more competitive because I don't think 12 versus one is a guarantee or 12 versus what? I guess it'd be 12 versus five for that first. Cause of the four, first four get a yeah. buy yeah. 12 versus five is not a guarantee. Yeah. Especially if you have a team like last year, uh, give me a second. I'll pull up. I want to see exactly how I finished last year, but I think Cincinnati could have beat whichever uh, power five team would have made the playoff that won their conference championship. Yeah. Like, and then that was a you damn get, Cincinnati I squad. mean, you get to the freaking like once you get to the final four, Cincinnati has a chance against an Alabama team that's already played a game. Yeah. Right. Like Alabama had been on three weeks of bye, and you were given that a very good, a very solid Alabama team. The team, the Alabama team that genuinely looked like the best team in the game until Georgia decided to fuck around and Alabama found out in the or the championship well, we, but still if we remember like last year uh Georgia or not Georgia Cincinnati gave Bama a good fight 
So it's not like these teams can't. Yeah, no, it. It, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't close at the end, but the, for the first three quarters, it was a decently close game. And Sauce Garner still did Sauce Garner shit. Like, probably gonna move. Oh yeah, corner of all time. Um, I'm not even a Cincinnati fan. How do you have a name like Sauce Gardner and aren't immediately a starter week you, one of you, your freshman year? Did you see that podcast interview? Actually? The interview with Luke Fickle? He didn't even know yeah. who he was. Yeah, I had no idea he was going to be that good. Uh, and they substituted him because UCF did UCF things with uh, Josh, with, uh, not Heibel, with uh, Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, never could translate okay. to UCF. UCF was a juggernaut under Scott Frost. As much as I hate that man, like I despise Scott Frost, UCF was an absolute juggernaut. Yeah, and they, they did the they did the same thing that Hypo does now and just run play after play after play after play, and they were like, we need somebody to get in there, and they let Garner get in there, and I think he said that he got one or it was I think it was like one pick six, another interception, like a three or four pass deflections. His first snap was an interception. Yeah. Like, that's um, fucking nuts. I mean, dude's first play from scrimmage as a college athlete was an interception. And that, that set the tone, though, because, like, the man never allowed a uh, touchdown in college, which is unheard of. Sauce Gardner is who Trayvon Diggs thinks he is. Yeah, no, that's fair. And he's proving in the NFL. Like, I, I think he wins rookie of the year. He oh, absolutely. Unreal. He still he, has an He is the defensive rookie of the year. Dude, I, I, it's got Jet. Like, this is not even a conceivable or NFL podcast, but like, it's looking like the Jets got Darrell Revis back. Oh yeah, absolutely. Revis uh, Island, except for it's Sauce Island. Yeah. Like, but that that's NFL related. Uh, mm-hmm. Dude was a fiend in college. I, I, yeah, I enjoyed watching him. But uh, not. I mean, speaking of fickle, dude. Dude's at, he's at Wisconsin now, so. Who's the best open job? In Currently, Auburn. Oh no, they just signed Hugh Freeze. Hired Hugh Freeze. Probably Colorado. You think Colorado? I don't think, I don't think they're a better. Or I don't think Arizona State's a better job. They've got. A, they've already hired their coach. Oh yeah, then it's got to be Colorado. I think Cincinnati's is. a better job than Colorado. Oh, we're not talking just Power Five. We're talking like all in of general. Them. Just in general. Cincinnati worries me because they're going to a Power Five conference. A, ver- a weaker one, though. Like, I know TCU's done good this year. Yeah. But this very well could be. But if I'm, if I'm going to the Big 12, I'm still going to OK State, K State, TCU, Baylor over Cincinnati. Like, who wants to – like, Ohio is just hard to recruit to. Not unless you're Ohio you State. Unless you're Ohio State. That is fair. But you give Cincinnati the – the uh, Power Five, you know, emblem on them and give them a little bit more funding, and suddenly they're, well, shit, they look pretty damn good. Yeah, but at the same time, they're gonna want to heavily recruit Ohio still, and you gotta think about that. Like, you've got these kids who Cincinnati's not gonna be big in the NIL for probably like five, six years. So the next five years are gonna be a struggle for them to bring recruits in. Because they're going to be heavily, but hear me out. They're going to be heavily recruiting Ohio, and all of their games are going to be in the Midwest, except for home games. Like to get their parents to games and shit. Like they're going to want to be. Ohio is the Midwest, my guy. It's still like twelve hours, a twelve-hour flight or drive to 
you're 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 saying this like like this is that every program doesn't deal with that, especially in the Big Ten. You got fucking UCLA playing. Yeah, Maryland. but those are established Power Five schools that have the big NIL brands. Maryland is not. Rutgers. Well, Maryland. Is not. Maryland doesn't recruit well. Rutgers doesn't recruit well. They don't draw. I think Cincinnati's going to have the same. They got Talia to go there based off of God knows what. I don't I know mean, what he did, like it, it worked out well for him. Yeah, but they they don't draw big name talent. And I think Cincinnati's going to have that same problem in the next five years. Whoever takes this job will not be there the first time Cincinnati makes the playoffs as a Power 5 school. Dude. The reason I ask this is because there's one very high-profile coach who's still available. Got smells on? Deion Sanders, my guy. Oh, uh, Deion Sanders is Dude, not going Deion anywhere. Could... He's going. So I, I heard rumors that he's announced it on Sunday. But nonetheless, I think Deion Sanders... Oh, well, yeah, he has a conference win. championship to win on Saturday. Yeah, a national championship for HBCUs. It's oh, yeah. The same thing for it. But, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's nonetheless like I think you you throw in a guy Deion Sanders could recruit Ohio easily. He's gonna take that yeah. top line out of Kentucky. He's gonna he's gonna run that little region like yeah Ohio. He's gonna have to compete with Ohio State, and Michigan, Michigan State. But nonetheless, I think like as far as the big as far as the Big Twelve goes, like they're gonna run Cincinnati's gonna run that eastern part of it. Like West Virginia, sorry if, if we have if any like if the six West Virginia fans are listening. But you lost, like, start talking to Syracuse and Rutgers about reforming the Big East because, like, you've got nothing going for you in the big in that recruiting game now because Cincinnati is going to out-recruit them. Yeah. And they're a more that, established Power 5 than fucking Maryland. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I just... They're going to have to fight for the big dogs in that region now. <laughs> and I, I just... I mean, they're they're going to be immediate contenders, but I think that they're going to... I, I don't... <clears throat> if I'm a head coaching... Con, or if, I'm, if I'm a head coaching candidate right now, I don't think I want to... Um, I don't think I want to take the Cincinnati job. I think the expectations are too high for what that team is going to be. The, the biggest issue you have with Colorado is they don't give a fuck about that football program anymore. No, they don't. They really they, don't. They put no money towards it. They just fucking run. The only thing it's got going for it is it's in the Pac-12. Yeah. Like, they just went 1-11. You can throw all that stuff you want. But the, when it comes down to it, Boise State's going to out-recruit Colorado at this moment in time. Just about every team in that region is going to out-recruit Colorado at this moment in time, with the exception of Air Force and Colorado State. And even then, I think Air Force could recruit it, could out-recruit them if their standards weren't, you know, if, you know, if it wasn't a fucking military institute. That's fair. So, I don't know. I mean... Colorado is just a fucking shit show, and I don't, I, I don't think anybody should take that job either. I don't know. Georgia Tech is an appealing 
somewhat job because the ACC is a clusterfuck right now. Dude, yeah, but look whose backyard you're in. You're in fucking Georgia's backyard. You gotta play. You're you signed up to play Georgia every year. Yeah. Which is not fun. I'm a Tennessee fan. Trust me, it is not fun playing Georgia every year, uh, especially recently. That's fair. But I don't know. I mean, as far as personally, like I, I would go to Cincinnati over anything that's open. I think there's a lot more promise. I think there's a lot better roster currently. I know they're losing players because you know players committed to pickle. Because uh, it's not necessarily Cincinnati, but nonetheless, they still have a better roster than most of these teams available who still need a coach. No, that's and fair. They've got, they've got momentum, and as far as the four schools going to the Big Twelve here soon, they look the best still. Like, I know UCF is looking good, but Houston and BYU have been complete disappointments this year. Yeah, I don't know. I I really don't know what to think of the open coaching jobs. Um, the Oregon's the Oregon offensive coordinator job is interesting to me because my thought there is: do they make a splash? and go after the guy that got them to a national championship in that position? And Scott Frost, do they bring him back? Mm. Do they pull a Bama with um, Bill O'Brien and bring him back? I don't know why you wouldn't. The dude is still a great offensive mind. He is just a terrible team manager. It's... I don't know. I, honest to God, I can see him getting a head coaching job in South at South Florida. Because clearly he can coach in that in that area, and he can recruit that area incredibly well. Yeah, that is the one so, thing he successfully did at Nebraska. So I mean, I think that that helps him out, but ah, fuck, I don't know. I don't. I think it's gonna be a a minute before Scott Frost gets a job. Um, the biggest thing I'm concerned about right now, just as a UT fan, is you know our offense coordinator has been linked to a couple of different jobs. Cincinnati being one of those jobs, um, which makes sense. You know, it's a sign of a good, healthy program that your coordinators are being looked at for head coaching positions. But nonetheless, like it's still um, hard to watch your guys leave. I mean, I remember back to I know this isn't uh, college, but um. The Vikings, I mean, Kevin Stefanski almost left us two years in a row and then finally did it the third year and went to the Browns. I mean, and that was realistically the end of our offense ever being successful under Mike Zimmer. But to lose coordinators can, I mean, it can kill a team. It can kill momentum. It can kill a vibe. It can kill the identity that you have. And so I I get why. No, it's not going to be that bad for you guys. Because general, yeah. the the thing is, at the college level, it's different. Because every four years, every realistically every five years, it's a completely new team. Yeah. So a completely new mindset. And it's not 
as difficult to get players to buy in at the college level as it is at the pro level. Because guess what? If this group doesn't buy in, wait four years. You have a fresh chance. That doesn't happen, though. You don't get four years. No. But, I mean, even if, like, Bo Pelini bought himself time with teams not buying in and succeeding somewhat with eight to nine win seasons, buying himself time, and then would get rattle off a couple ten win seasons with the next regime or the next class that finally bought in, you know? I mean, you see coaches do it all the time. Nick Saban had his first few years there. Those first, those early guys didn't buy into his system. And then guess what? He convinced the next classes to buy in. Four years later, he was competing for national championships every year. That's fair. While we're off topic still somewhat, can we, like, fuck Iron? Oh. How about fucking USA, yeah, damn it. It's called soccer. It is. We own the sport now, and everybody else can suck our dicks. Yeah, just imagine <laughs> if we actually gave a fuck about the sport. It's ironic that our podcast is named what it is, because the entire second half, that was all I was shouting at the oh U.S. team. Oh, my God, dude. Don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. And then they dude, almost uh, did it several fucking times. I don't, I'm not one like most Americans, to give a fine fuck about soccer. But but that game was stressful as hell. I mean, the number of times we let them get down on goal, like, it's a good thing our on-goal defense is as good as it is, because, whew. Yeah, I mean, best fucking goalkeeper in the... Second best goalkeeper in the tourney. Um, yeah. I thought we had the best until I watched that Poland-Argentina game today, and <laughs> kudos to you. Poland's goalkeeper is unreal. But the fucking Blackhawks just lost to Edmonton. I yeah, hate it here. I love that. I love to hear it. Um, but now to get us back on topic, we've got some big news out of Nebraska. Um, Des can see this. Those of y'all who listen to the show, you don't get to see me every week, but I have yet to wear anything related to Nebraska in the first two episodes. I think I wore an FSW Florida Southwest Bucks sweatshirt last week. And the week before, I think I was wearing a Steelers jersey um, on a college podcast. I believe that so. Make that make sense. But um, I think we recorded on like a Monday or something and the Steelers were on maybe. I don't know. No, it was a Tuesday. I don't know then. Um. But anyways, I'm wearing a Nebraska jersey tonight for the first time since this podcast started because I have genuine reason to get excited about Nebraska football again. Um, Saturday, Friday night late, rumors started to leak right before the game. Um, so Friday afternoon, early afternoon, rumors started to leak that Matt Rule would be the next head coach of Nebraska. Saturday morning, it was confirmed. Tuesday morning or Monday morning, Tuesday morning, somewhere in there, we had the official um, press conference. And Matt Rule won the press conference. I mean, the dude said everything right. And the thing is, everything he said, he can back that up with his success at the college level. He's successfully built the trenches at other schools. He has successfully rebuilt programs. He's taken them from dog shit to great in three years. I mean, 
the dude has experience turning programs around. And because of that, I genuinely am excited about him in Nebraska. That being said, I am not going to get Scott Frost levels of excited until we get evidence that it's turning around. Right? Like, I'm not going to be drinking the Kool-Aid just because the media ranks us number 25 at the start of the season. Like, I am... No, absolutely not. So, Nebraska has their head coach. I'm jacked. I'm ready to go. But at the same time, I'm not getting my hopes too high right now. I think it's, as of right now, it's the best hire. Um, I think ultimately if Deion's on somewhere, I go somewhere else. You think it's better than Fickle to Wisconsin? Yes. Uh, simply because Matt Rule has Power 5 coaching experience. That's uh, fair. He's, he's won big games. So is Fickle, don't get me wrong. And Fickle was one hell of a recruit, one hell of a coach. But Matt Rule's been there. Like he, he turned Baylor around. Uh, so he not only I, – I need to say this. Not only did he turn Baylor around, he did it in the midst of the biggest scandal in university history – a scandal yeah. in which the president of the university was fired, not asked to step down, not asked to resign. They just straight up fired him. Like, it, it was a mess. And Matt Rule turned it around through all of that. And yeah, for yeah. that, I am excited because we are a dumpster I'm, fire, but we are not that bad. Yeah, you're not NCAA, you're not NCAA investigation bad. Not since Scott Frost left. But yeah, no, I think it's the best hire as far as coaches that we knew were available, uh, as far as coaches that we knew were probably going to get a job. Uh, as far as worst coaching hires go, I I don't know how I feel about Auburn hiring Hoofries. Like, is he a solid coach? Fuck yeah. But is he a coach with a lot of skeletons in his closet that just cannot find a way to stay in there? Also, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. like seeing another SEC team suck. Is I'm I'm here for it. But at the same time, like I don't know if they're gonna be bad. Because who freezes only has one losing season in twelve, uh, twelve uh, seasons as a coach. Yeah, that's fair. But he also does have. Skeletons. Uh, yeah, in the form of hookers and cocaine. Yeah. Um, I just don't. I don't understand that hire when they made the move in large part because their last head coach had skeletons. Yeah. I, I just. I don't. Hmm. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Not gonna lie. Auburn's athletic department is a joke. Um, I don't fucking know what they're doing. I like I said, I don't care. I'm cool with it. No, I mean, yeah, fuck Auburn. Fuck up. Great, great head coach. Shitty human being. That is pretty much the history of Auburn athletics. No, yeah, that's fair. 
with the exception of Gus Malzahn, who... Night, he just got fucked. Yeah, he got fucked by Auburn. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I think he'll be another Power 5. Well, I guess technically he's going to be a Power 5 head coach in two years. So, regardless. Oh, we didn't lose to Edmonton. It was just the end of the first period. Okay. Oh, you're just preparing for later on tonight. Yeah, pretty much. We're still down 2-1. Yeah, checks out. Wow, that was a shitty turnover. Going to turn that game off. Um, I I don't know. The Auburn decision to hire Hugh Freeze is questionable at best. We'll see how it plays out for him. Um, Nebraska getting South Carolina's offensive coordinator makes me excited. Same. Uh, I'm happy. <laughs> for different reasons, of course, but, <laughs> but exciting nonetheless. North Carolina is on their way to losing their third straight game, and now I have to turn that game off too. I was about to I, say, like, I was just about to like say, try to say, like, college basketball has been fun this uh, this year so far. Like, it's been wild already. Fucking North Carolina and um, Alabama went to what four overtimes the other night. Yeah. Tennessee embarrassed Kansas. Uh, Any other seventeen game win streak. Duke lost. Uh, North Carolina lost twice in the same week. It's just been fun. I'm excited for the tournament. And it's only November. Yeah, it's, I mean, March Madness is going to be fun. North Carolina's losses right now don't worry me because we do that. We have that tendency. And they're not the bad teams. To lose stupid fucking games at the beginning of the season. Like, just stupid games. Like, you're not losing to bad teams. No, we're not. That that does concern me a little bit, because just like Kentucky, the only time you've played any competition, you've failed. Like putting it as softly as possible, um, you you've just simply failed. Yeah. So that that is cause for concern. It's still very early on into the season, so it yeah. We're just, we don't have a good idea of what our depth looks like. You don't have an identity. We don't. Buddy Baycott is still struggling. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something like regardless of the sport, regardless of the uh, level you're playing at, like an identity is what you need. Be it, you know, how Tennessee's done it, where they're going to be a defensive-minded team, which is the exact opposite of the football program. But, you know, so be it. You've got to have some, <laughs> sort of, uh, some sort of identity to be successful. And North Carolina will find it. Um, yeah. We have a relatively similar team to last year, but we don't have Brady Manic, And Brady Manic was our identity, right? Like he, well, you don't have Roy Williams anymore, so you're gonna have to figure out a way how to deal with these one and done guys because North Carolina is gonna be a program that always attracts those one and done type of guys. Yeah, and that's, I think that's what makes college basketball the hardest, uh, the hardest thing to coach. Yeah, um, obviously you got a lot fewer 
roster spots, and you draft it, you or you recruit these guys who you know you've got one year to do something with, and then it's you know you're back to square one. Yeah, I, I think North Carolina is going to turn into a one and done school, which is sad for me because I've enjoyed getting four I'm years injured. of. I've I've enjoyed getting four years of certain players, and we're gonna, we're going to start getting those NBA ready guys that come and play a year for us and then go to the NBA. It's nothing new, y'all been doing. It's literally what as a side of a blue blood program like Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, fucking Indiana used to. You deal with those. Yeah. I, I just, That's something like Tennessee's just now starting to get to on that level as well. Like it's a sign of a successful program. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm here for it. Like it's fun to watch because you get dominant teams. I mean yeah. you get and there's the you get the dukes of the world like it's funny to me though that duke became that type of program and cannot sustain success with it like they have yet to win a championship since they became that type of program you still there Des? yeah i was just trying to think like thinking back on it Kyrie, um zion rj barrett um, Paolo Bancaro. Um, I mean, the, some of the elite one and duns they've had, and they just can't win. They, they cannot, like, they're constantly blue bloods for sure, but they just don't get there, right? Like, they don't I mean, that's, put, that's they fair. can't put themselves over the hill. That's fair. It's the same thing with Kentucky. Like, I'm going to pit. Back-to-back weeks shitting on Kentucky, but oh well, fuck him. Cal Perry is the most overrated coach in college basketball. Cal Perry? Calipari? Cal- How do you fucking pronounce him. his name? Uh, Rick Barnes' son. Yeah, that's the one. But, I mean, he, he's overrated as hell. Like, I, I, I hate that school so much. Especially the basketball fans, because I have to deal with them um, as Alabama fans in football season. But I don't fucking know. Uh, it's fucking late. I'm off my game. And you're, oh, you're good. Phone. <laughs> no, I'm never on my phone. Um, what do we got left to discuss now? Is it time for our draft? I think so. I think so. Well, we can we can talk conference championships real quick. Yeah, let's 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 do a pick them. Let's do something different this week. We'll we'll still do our draft, but let's pick the conference championships. Um, first of all, before we do that, fuck the committee. What in what fucking world? How how the fuck is Alabama and Ohio State ahead of? Well, Ohio State is. Ohio State, I get justifiable. How the fuck is Alabama up there? The the NCAA or the committee, they say that you know their signing factors for ranking a team above each other, they have the same record. Is head to head if it's available. 
Tennessee owns that. Uh, wins over top 25 teams. Tennessee has more of those. Uh, wins against common opponents. Tennessee has done better. The only two, uh, Tennessee, the teams that Tennessee and Alabama played uh, that are the same are LSU and Vanderbilt. Tennessee blew out LSU and Baton Rouge. Alabama lost to them. And Alabama beat Vanderbilt, I believe it was 55-3 to in Tuscaloosa with a healthy roster, mind you. Tennessee beat Vanderbilt 56 nothing without Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Um, the college football playoff has, playoff rankings have become nothing more than a glorified power rankings. Yeah. And you can't change my mind on that. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how bad that has gotten. All right, Which I we think wanna... is more evident of like why we need the expanded playoff, but there's no more. Oh, absolutely. For it, like it's it's here. It is. It's here. It's no longer needed to be argued for. It is just in existence, and that is a beautiful, beautiful fucking thing. Um, how do we want to do this? We want to pick the top five or the Power Five conference championship. Yeah. Because already, I don't know who the fuck's playing on the other ones. So in the Pac-12, we have who won Utah between. USC. Utah USC, we have that's gonna be a fun rematch. Big Twelve is K State TCU, a yep. top ten matchup. It's fucking top huge. 15. Big nope, top oh, ten. They are number, number 10. ten. Yep, they are ten. That's right. Um, and then we have in the Big Ten we have Michigan Purdue, in the SEC we have Georgia and LSU, and in the ACC we have North Carolina and Clemson. Let's start with the Pac-12. Who you got? Give me USC. Uh, I think they're going to get revenge over uh, Utah. That was a controversial game that they lost this year uh, in uh, probably I think is where they play. No, that's BYU. Wherever the fuck Utah plays. Um, it, it was controversial there at the end. I think USC gets the revenge and uh, makes it to the playoff. <sighs> I think I agree there. I think Caleb Williams is playing at too high of a level right now to lose that game. Uh, he is clearly, it, clearly, unclearly the Heisman favorite just because Hendon Hooker will not be a finalist for some odd reason. Um, he hurt. No, he's all, he got, he got hurt missed one fucking game. It's stupid. It's yeah, fun. he played 11 games instead of 12, so he won't be a finalist. Um, so Caleb Williams is clearly the favorite to win Heisman right now. Um, the dude turned it on in the second half, and I, I just genuinely don't think there was anything aside from Hendon Hooker becoming Superman um, or turning water into wine that could have stopped Caleb Williams from winning the Heisman after this second half he's had. Um, USC wins that in a landslide. I don't think it's even close. I don't think it's a landslide. I think USC wins it by – it's a one-score game. I don't know. I think USC, with after coming off of their – uh, their performance against Notre Dame, I think it becomes interesting over there. Um, Utah's there for a reason, but... That's true. Utah's not a bad team. All right, let's go to the Big 12. This one, I'm what I want to pick first because this one's fun for me. I think K-State makes things interesting. It's Kansas State over TCU, number 10 and number 4. I think Kansas number State three. wins this one. Or number three, yeah. I think Kansas State wins this one. They, this was one that went down to the wire in the regular season in their matchup. 
Um, Kansas State is not a bad team. No. And I think the, all these experts saying that K State is going to, or TCU is going to walk away with this are nuts because Kansas State is a damned good team. And TCU only walked away from, like, ran away with, like, two or three, or four games, I think, all year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it has not been a cakewalk for TCU by any means. They have been a good team. I don't think they're one of the four best teams in the nation, but they have been a good they're team. Undefeated. They're undefeated. They've got some good wins. So yeah, I'll give I mean, favor. you give them I'll the playoff, the yes, too. because they are undefeated and they have some good wins, some respectable wins. I, I just think there's better. There's teams better than them. No, that's fair. So K State's your pick. Yeah, K State's my pick on that one. I can see it happening. Uh, I, I just think the one thing that TCU has is that they've got grit. Like they've been put in tight spots time and time again this year, and they've found ways to win. And I think they're going to continue doing just that. Now this is where their Cinderella story ends. This, like, this is their last one of the season because they're not. They're not going to beat Michigan or Georgia in the playoff. But oh, absolutely no, not. I think they're good enough to get past K State again, uh, and secure them a spot, secure themselves a spot in the playoff. All right, now we have the Big Ten, Michigan-Purdue. I think this one's a no-brainer. Obviously, Michigan walks Purdue, in. Purdue, for sure. It's open shut. I think this one's over before the end of the second, or first half. I mean, Michigan's going to be playing backups in the Big Ten championship game. And that, I, honestly, I think that would be the biggest embarrassment possible for Purdue is if Michigan whips out their backups in the fucking Big Ten championship game. It, I think it's going to happen, though. I, I, I honestly think so. I don't think what? I don't think Purdue has oh, the depth, let alone the firepower, to keep up with Michigan. Like, Michigan is just so deep in every aspect of the game. And but let's not forget that they did struggle. Michigan did struggle against a not very good Illinois team just two weeks ago. That's true. Then, That's fair. But then a week later, they came out and beat the shit out of Ohio State. So, it, but see, it, that's fair. Time, it's, it's Jim Harbaugh and it's Michigan. You don't fucking know. You never fucking know. I think I think Purdue runs away with this though. I think Michigan wins it pretty easily. God, that's what I meant. Michigan it. wins it easily, not Purdue. Playing FIFA, and I just got to beat love fucking Ukrainians. <laughs> Stop it, Sean. Uh, uh, yeah, no, all I, right. I Michigan, or Michigan, God fucking damn. This game got me fucked up. All right, let's go to the SEC. We got LSU and Georgia. This Georgia isn't LSU. even, this shouldn't even be a game. I mean, just give Georgia the SEC title ch- trophy. Like, Come on. Is LSU even going to show up? Like, granted, this is their national championship, right? Like, this is their, like, they always say in the NFL, this is your Super Bowl. This is LSU's natty. 
And I, I think LSU is going to play as such, but it'll be close for the first quarter and a half, maybe the first half. And then after that, Georgia's just going to fucking pull away. And the, nice. there just won't be a whole lot that Georgia can do about it. You mean LSU? That's what I meant. Struggling. Yeah, no, I think I think it's Georgia by fifty. Uh, I think the only the Big Ten, the Big Ten and the SEC are running ways. Uh, I, I thought LSU could have maybe made it uh, competitive, and then they went out and lost to A and M. So, but they're going to be playing with a renewed sense of anger. So it might be close for three quarters. No. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. No, nah, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be ugly, and it's gonna be. I ugly mean, fast. we saw Georgia shut down Tennessee, and then we saw what Tennessee did to to LSU. So that's fair. Nah, that's all I'm gonna say. Like, nah, it's not gonna be. A, it's not gonna be a close game at all. And I'm cool with that because that means that's less time for me to listen to. Gary, I have to listen to Gary Danielson because I don't have an excuse to turn that fucking game off. Yep. I hate that man so much. He's so bad at what he does. I wish I could get yeah. paid to be as bad as he is. I do get paid to be as bad as he is. But yeah, you don't get paid like he does, though. No, I do not. All right, and then we have the ACC championship game. North Carolina-Clemson, as much as I want to say North Carolina wins this one, Clemson wins this one. Their defense is just too fucking good. And our defense is not good enough to cause the mistakes that the last few teams have caused for Clemson. And it just doesn't, I mean, their offense, they've got to figure something out at some point. And this is Dabo's national championship. Like, this is his chance to be like, hey, we're on our way back. And Clemson runs away with this one. Clemson does not have a team that can run away with any game. Um, their defense is great, but goddamn, they have some major issues they need to fix at quarterback. That's, That's fair. They need to go to Cade. I don't know why they, they haven't do. yet, but they I really need to. I think uh, Igualele's got a sex tape of Dabo that he doesn't want out. Like Dabo doesn't want to get out. It's the uh, only That's thing. possible. I don't know. Dabo's pretty fucking vanilla. Uh, so we think. He, dude, he could have been getting bent over and pegged over the fucking counter and it's on video <laughs> and DJ's not... Indeed, that's why DJ's got a fucking... Chokehold on that starter's job? Yeah. It's possible. Anything's fucking possible. I mean, if you freeze can get hired time and time again, anything's possible. If Bush Jones still has a fucking job, anything's possible. That is fair. All right. Now we're going to move on to our draft. We have our third installment of our draft. Um, We're finally doing college-related. We are. Well, the first one was pretty college-related. Yeah, directly college-related. Yeah, this is the first one related to any college of any sort. We're going to draft mascots this week. You started first last week, correct? I did. So it is my turn my turn to go first overall. And I got to be honest, 
this pains me to say it because it's a Big Ten rival, but I gotta go with the Nittany Lion. I uh, the dude is a fucking stud. The man can dance. He can do push-ups. He he is a three-tool athlete in an era where multi-tool athletes are super important to the game. Give me the Nittany Lion. Uh, I see your line. I'm going to raise you a UAB fucking blazer because how are you going to – it's a dragon. That's true. That's, that's all. true. That's all I'm going to say. Give me UAB blazer. That's, give that's... me round two. Give me Howard the Duck. Okay. Okay. I fuck with it. I fuck with it. Um, I'm going to also stick in the Pac-12 on this one. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going down to Tallahassee. Give me the Seminole. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Warrior. Like, <clears throat> badass interest. Comes in on a horse, fire, spirit. Just, yeah. Give oh, this one makes me sick. This one makes me sick. Give me Bevo. Okay. Okay. I can respect that. Th- there's nothing more badass than a fucking longhorn steer running out onto the field. I mean, Bevo is just nasty. That That's just fucking badass. You know, you go Bevo, it makes me want to go with another, with a, like a lot of animal mascot, just to kind of compete, compete with it. Uh, but I've already got the dragon. I don't, I don't want to go too heavy. Uh, that being said, I'm trying to think. I already have my big. next pick in mind if you don't take it, because that, that was only my third, right? Yeah. So I have my next two in mind if you don't take them. I'm gonna stick in Florida. Uh, give, give me Al. Like, give, give me the Gator. Yeah. He's pretty about, badass. He he is. It's, in, it's a fucking alligator. I got. I know two reptilians. Uh, it's all good. I'll survive. I I don't know his name, but the dude down there in good old OK State. The oh, cowboy. Something Pete is it? Pistol Pete? No, that's too easy. It can't be Pistol Pete. Let's let's Google this. Hey Siri, what is Oklahoma State's mascot's name? Pistol Pete. Give me pistol, was, pistol Pete. That was basic as fuck, and I hate that. It was basic as fuck, but the dude's badass. I have said badass a lot during this segment. So since we're we're, we're, this is number four, right? Yep. We've waited way too long without drafting a dog. Give give me the best dog there is. And g- give me Smokey. I almost went Smokey first overall, and I was like, I cannot do that to Dez. No, I mean, that's fair. I'm surprised we made it this far without a dog. I was just I, saying, know. I, I wanted UAB first. I'm glad you didn't take him. Uh, but. And then <laughs> to stick true to... True to my home, true to the state that raised me, give me Herbie Husker. Why do you want that menace? Herbie Husker is great. Little Red is an asshole. Herbie Husker is great. Dude, the Big Ten's got some weird-ass mascots. Like, Yes, we do. Creepy-ass but... fucking mascot. That thing over in Purdue. Fuck him. Like, oh, the fucking Boilermaker? It's just a weird-ass uh, fucking mascot. Disgusting. It's not... It's not as bad as like Clemson's Meth Tiger, 
but <laughs> nothing will beat the fucking cracked out Jaguar in fucking Jacksonville that was wearing a fucking thong the other day. Speaking of Tigers, if we're going to finish it out, give me Mike. Yeah. Fucking legend. Uh, it's a Hawaii fucking Tiger they bring out in the field. Mike's a G. Uh, yeah. That's, that's all there is to say about it. And then our undrafted free agent. Ooh, this is just rough for me. I don't know. Where do I want to go with this? Give me the Kansas Jayhawk. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's two I'm torn between right now. Like, part of me wants the Hilltopper from Western Kentucky. For no other reason, he's goofy as fuck. Okay, I fuck with it. Like, he's a guy who could hammer some fucking beers. But I've gone for this warrior trend. And I've wanted to call his name for a couple rounds now. That, that's the Trojan from from USC. Once again, another badass uh, intro, introduction. Yeah. I don't think there's anything cooler than the Trojan riding onto the field or the Seminoles, the Seminole planting his spear at midfield. It's just fucking crazy. I mean, two fucking incredible entrances. Oh, yeah, for sure. All righty, yeah, well. Give me the Trojan. That, all righty. I fuck with it. I fuck with it. Yeah, I, I can't take the, the... If we were going, like, a different route with this, sure, I would take the goofy motherfucker from Western Kentucky. But I, I can't take the Hilltopper without taking the orange from Syracuse or the trees from, from Stanford. Yeah. I think the only one that I'm sad that I left off my list is Lil Red, but that dude is just a fucking pedophile. I swear to God. No, Lil Red fair. touches little children. I, you can't convince me wrong. Or you can't convince me otherwise. That's completely fair. Just something fucking creepy about that little dude. The little bitty ass meth looking face. Yeah. He is definitely a fucking crack baby. That is for sure. It's Nebraska, so yeah, it checks out. Hey, leave me alone. Leave me alone. All right, folks. With that being said, we're going to log off for this episode. We appreciate y'all for joining us, and we'll be back here same time, same place next week. Um, thank you for sticking around with the Don't F This Up podcast, and we promise one of these weeks we'll stay true to our name. See y'all next week. Peace.